If you will, take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4. As we continue talking about this could be the year. The year of what? The year when Jesus could come. And if that's the case, how should we live? Peter addressed his generation when he said, I think the coming of the kingdom is near. I think the coming of Christ is near. So if that's true, then here's how we should live. And he gave them four things. And the reason for those four things is they may, when it's all said and done, glorify God. Now, if that's the case, and if this could be the year, we need to learn those four things. We've talked about them. Uh, Praying with a clear mind, loving deeply, and today we'll talk about the third thing. Jesus said, in my notes I'll put in your bullets, Jesus said that before his coming, people would live self-indulgent, self-centered lives in an environment of unkindness to others, just as in the days of Noah before the flood. In the environment of materialism and unkindness, Peter instructs followers of Christ to be hospitable to each other. He's talking to the church. He's talking about how we behave to each other. And he says, if the coming of Christ is near, and if this could be the year, then this we need to discover how to practice in the 21st century. I understand that in in Peter's century, they didn't have a day's in and a holiday in on every corner. And a lot of your uh, apostles and evangelists and missionaries would be staying with people. And that's how the gospel was spread. I also understand in Peter's day there was persecution and people would lose their house or part of their family or their income. And the church would step up and, and provide and meet those needs because of the persecution. I know how it was then. And you're saying to me, well, Pastor, we don't live that way now. Oh, not quite the same, but some things are the same. The world is unkind. There is never, we have a, we are overwhelmed with an attitude of materialism. And we are a self-indulgent, self-centered people in our culture. And because of that, there is a need for us to rediscover the blessing of hospitality. So I want to talk about that with you. You say, well, what is hospitality? It's simply this. It's practical kindness. It's very practical. Here's what Peter said in verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, let me help you what that means. Say, what does that mean? That's kind of it's a short verse, simple verse. I don't need to explain it much. Just need to talk about the application. If it's practical kindness, then you offer it without grumbling. Now, what does that mean? As a man thinks his heart, so he is, is what we're told in the Old Testament. Now, if you don't want to be hospitable, don't offer it. Because if you offer it and they accept it and you don't really want to, you will grumble. And if you offer it and don't want to do it and you grumble, that's not right. But if you offer and then you, you respond and, 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 and you say, I want, you, I want to do something for you. And, and they respond. Then you do it with joy and, and thanksgiving because trusting God to meet your resources. Now, that doesn't mean you take abuse or take advantage of. If you feel that's happening, you sit down and talk to the person or people or whatever. Say, I think you've taken advantage of me. I think we need to do something different. Or, or, or you don't take that kind of thing. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about genuinely offering your ministry through hospitality. So here's what, it, here's what it would look like, and here's how it would work. First of all, hospitality provides comfort and kindness in a chaotic 
an unkind culture. Comfort and kindness. I don't know about you, but I can use all the comfort I can get, man. There's days it's tough. It's a hard world. There's a lot of bad news. You, you see it on the, on the TV and you see it on the, in the Internet. There's a lot of things that are, that are like negative and painful to hear. And yet, hospitality is one of the ways he's designed us to provide comfort and kindness. It makes a difference. Hospitality basically was designed to offer four things. It offered comfort, rest, food, and asylum. Comfort for a hurting time in your life, for people that are being hurt. They offer Hospitality was saying, I want you to come in. Let me give you rest. Let me, let me comfort you. Let, sit down for a minute. Let's just have some, some time of, of uh, I just want to take care of you for a minute and let you know that I love you. Comfort for the hurting. It also was rest for the weary and tired. A lot of people be traveling. They walked on foot. And it's great to find someone say, come on in rest for a minute. Put those feet up. Come sit by a fire or, or come sit in the breeze. Sit under the shade. Get some rest. Let me give you a cup of water. There's also uh, food to give strength for the body. Provide something that says, I, I want to take care of you. You're, you're tired or you're hungry. Let me, let me give you something to eat. And then it was a asylum. That's an interesting word because actually it was a way of providing protection. You want an example of that? When the uh, two angels went and visited Lot in Sodom. He took them under his roof, and he was going to protect them because that was his way of fulfilling hospitality. It really has a place in the 21st century. You say, well, where, what do we face? Well, we, are, we deal with tiredness and, and weariness and sometimes burden and struggle. We deal with the need for a, an atmosphere of peace and sometimes protection from spiritual warfare. We're in the midst of it. It's very applicable to the 21st century. Make no mistake of it. You look and you see in the Bible that it's a big deal. Jesus was great at hospitality. He took care of his disciples. He was the guy who took a kid's lunch, a kid's small lunch, and fed 5,000 people because he said they were hungry. The disciples said, when he said, you know, they're hungry and, and you know, what are we going to do? And they're tired. And he said, well, let's feed them. Well, all we got is, is, is some, some bread and fish from a kid's lunch. He said, that's all I need. I want you to say about hospitality. If you will honor God with this, he will give you the resources to accomplish his purpose because he's asked you to do it. And perhaps we need to trust him in that area just a little bit more and say, okay, Lord, I, I, you know, I'd like to do something. He lays somebody on your heart, and that's how it works. He, he lays somebody on your heart. It becomes a, you're aware of you want to do something or get to know them or minister to them. And, and you do that, and you say, but I, what am I doing? Well, let him provide the means. And, and, and so hospitality becomes a way of also operating in faith as well as kindness. Jesus received hospitality from Simon the Great, the Pharisee. He came to eat at Simon's house. Uh, Zacchaeus, a tax collector, he came to Zacchaeus' house and to spend time with him that he might build a relationship. You understand this is what hospitality does. It allows us to connect and build relationships to show comfort and kindness to one another. It's an incredible thing we do. Uh, 
Peter experienced hospitality at the house of Simon and also at the house of Cornelius, the Gentile. Paul would experience it at the hand of Lydia and Aquila and Priscilla and even a Philippian jailer. Hospitality is obvious throughout the Scriptures because it's one of the ways that God shows kindness through us to each other. So it's important that we learn to do that, that we realize that, and, and we get to do that. Now, I have been on uh, several mission trips. I went to Jamaica, and it was amazing because there, uh, you didn't stay. I went right after Manley been ousted, and uh, he was a communist dictator, and they had nothing. You would go in the stores there, and there was nothing on the shelves. And if it was on the shelf, it was extremely expensive. And I remember uh, because we, I carried my wife and my daughter, Tiffany, and we went and we got to stay in a wonderful home with a great lady. And she took care of us for a week from Monday through Monday. She fed us. She brought in a lady to wash our clothes as, as we needed. And she did all these things to take care of us. Now, and she was extremely gracious in what she did. Now, I, I ate some things. I had no idea what I was eating. Gunga pea soup. I don't know, just kind of like, what is in this? And I'm looking, and I'm going. And then they had a thing called a key. And a key is the, is the national fruit there. And um, if you pick it too soon, it's poison. Now, that's a pretty interesting uh, leverage to have as the cook in the household, don't you think? Uh, I'm saying, I hope, I'm not going to make you mad this week. I don't want to get that stuff when it's not right. But she fixed that for us every morning. And sometimes she put chopped fish in it, which was kind of interesting. But she was giving me the best she had. One day she went out in the yard, killed a chicken, and we had fried chicken. Another time she fixed me fish. It's the first time ever I had, well, had fish with the head and the eyes still on it looking at me while I was trying to eat it. I'm going, that's a little weird. But anyway, but I remember her hospitality. I will never forget how gracious she was. Do you need anything? What can I do for you? Because I'd come there with, other, with 16 other pastors to preach the gospel. I went to Indiana. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, we were, our churches had combined together to do a mission trip to Indiana. And, and uh, we had had our money for lodging. And we stopped at a restaurant. For some reason, he laid it down. And he realized it after he'd left the restaurant. And needless to say, several thousand dollars were gone. And that was our hotel money and our gas money. And, man, what were we going to do? We, we, were on, we were on the way there. We called the pastor. The pastor said, don't worry about it. Our people will put you up in their homes. We'll take care of you. And, you know, it was a far better mission trip. We got to know people, interact with people, got to hear their stories. They got to hear our stories. Amazing mission trip. Far better than staying in a hotel. And many of you have done that. We've had guests here, and, and people have come. You've opened your homes and been gracious. Say, come stay with us. We do that. I know here... Hospitality showed when a, there's a death in a family of our church and our ladies will come together and cook a meal and take care of that family the day of the funeral because we want to give comfort and love and kindness in a tough time. Our Sunday school classes, if there's an issue or, or surgery or something that, that we feel they, feel they can come and cook a meal and, and bring something over to help you get through the next couple of days, that's Hospitality. Sharing with you. Want to come in? Maybe come in. Clean your house. See, there's all kinds of things we can do. It's not about the extravagance of what you do. It's about the experience of what you do. That you do something that shows kindness. 
provide shelter in time of crisis. Take a cake to someone. When I was, uh, when Charlene was with Vicky this, this past summer, uh, I was by myself, and I got invited to eat with people, and they took care of me, and it was awesome. I, I did well. The people brought things over for me to eat. That's hospitality. Opening up your heart, opening up your home to reach people, to touch people. It's an awesome thing to do, and it provides comfort and kindness. But that's not all. Also, it secondly provides hospitality. Here's what we have. Hospitality promotes connection and change for the kingdom of God. Did you get that? It promotes promotes connection and change for the kingdom of God. Something happens when people come into your home, or even if you meet at a restaurant and and even just do Dutch treat and go, man, let's just sit down and talk. I want to. I just want to spend some time with you. It may be a time that brings great comfort or confidence, a time that that brings assurance, a time that that reflects acceptance, a time that makes a genuine impact on someone's life. I remember when people have been hospitable to me. It has forever touched my life. I remember those moments. And I remember how kindness it was and, and, and the love that was demonstrated. It's awesome. And I've had the privilege of doing that for others. I have a rule. If someone takes me out to lunch, I will find someone else that I can take out to lunch because I want to share the kindness. And so we understand this is how we connect with people. We sit down and, and spend time with them in, in, a, in a warm environment of our home or a place one of our favorite places to eat. And when we do this, we find ourselves becoming more like Jesus. We're going to do this. We're, we're already, uh, you saw in, in, the, in the, you're going to get a, some information on it on the slide and in the, in the bulletin about salt shakers. Jim Cook is putting together salt shakers. Some of you, that's a familiar term. If, you're, if you've been here less than 20 years, you don't, might not know what that is. <laughs> but uh, we've talked about relationships. And hospitality is one of the ways you build relationships. And relationships is vital to the kingdom of God. And so in doing that, we're going to come where we, where we basically put families together. Jim organizes it where over the next three months, you'll get to meet with a family once a month. You'll meet with two other families, and the host family will fix the meat, and the others will bring a vegetable and a dessert. And you come together, and you experience hospitality and enjoy fellowship, and you begin to get to know one another. You say, we already do that with people we know. I know, isn't that great? But that's not all you're supposed to do. Wouldn't you like to get to know someone you don't know? Wouldn't you like to meet the people that come to the 830 service? Wouldn't that be great? Hey, really? You don't know who they are. They're a part of our family. You need to get to know them. They need to get to know you. And so we find out how can we come together. And so you'll get to sign up for that. Now, let me tell you, the meal ain't got to be extravagant. I don't Hot dogs, hamburgers, bologna sandwich, great. Grilled cheese. All right? The issue is the relationship. And I'm convinced because the days are tough and the coming is near, we need to build relationships because we genuinely need each other. Because the world is unkind. So we're going to do salt shakers. That will be going on for February through March, uh, March through April, and through the middle of May. Three times you'll get to do that with different families. If you've just part, become a part of our church, please sign up because people need to get to know you. 
Super Sunday, tailgate party. The reason a tailgate party is not because it's a football game. I don't care who plays the football game. But I do care that we get to meet people and talk to people and get to know them and share with them. And so you come, you put your tent up for your class, and you get classes together, and you cook your ribs, your hamburgers, your hot dogs, your chili, your soup, whatever. And you begin to talk to people. And sometimes people move from tent to tent and eat different things. And, and you invite people to come on, hey, try this, because we are experiencing relationship. And that's when we look like Jesus. We build connections that will last forever. And so we, we do this because we want to meet new people. We're going to have a chili supper at 5 o'clock the same day. For our, our, the senior adults who don't like the cold, don't want to be outside, great. I'll let you be the guide of what you consider as a senior adult. Just show up. Don't you want to meet some new people? Jesus would. He worked at it. He found him places where people were and began to talk to people he didn't know. He broke out of the circle of the 12 often to include other people. We need to do the same. Hospitality helps us do that. We get connection, build relationships. But something else it does for us. I, I'm going to, in the movie The Blind Side, it's a story of... of uh, based on the story of Michael Orr and the Tui family. The Tui family is an upper-class white family with a daughter and a son that attends a private Christian school. And they're introduced to a guy named Big Mike. He's an African-American that comes from a tragic background. His mother is almost non-existent. She's, she's addicted to drugs. She's absent from his life. He's in a culture that is violent and self-destructive. Most of those he knows are in a drug culture. And yet here's this big guy, and he got to go to the school because he was a big guy. Uh, uh, he and another young man were, were brought to the school and said, you need to put them in your school. Now, he had been in seven different schools, and none of them had worked. And so because of his size and his potential as an athlete, the coach went to bat for him and really got him in the Christian school based on the fact they said, why should we let him in? He's not academically prepared. And he said, because we're Christian and it's the Christian thing to do. Ah, pretty good statement. And so they let him in. And it's a struggle. And on a cold night in the winter, Miss Tui sees him walking in a short sleeve shirt. It's the only shirt he owned. And she says, who's that? And her son says, that's Big Mike. She stops and says, where are you going? And he told her where he's going. She says, well, you're going the wrong way. Tell me the truth. And found he had no place to go. He was homeless. So well, come home with me. Put him on the sofa. And then they brought him into the home. They gave him a bedroom. And he said, I've never had this. And she said, you mean a bedroom? He says, no, a bed. I've never had a bed. I want to show you what happened. You see, they had a Thanksgiving dinner, beautiful Thanksgiving dinner with all the trimmings. And everybody gets their plate, and like sometimes we do, we get our plate and go into the living room and turn on the TV and watch the football game, as her family did. But Big Mike went to the table and sat down and was eating all by himself. She noticed that. She went over, cut the TV off, and said, we're all going to eat around the table. 
came together and they had a prayer. It's amazing. I want you to watch a clip that says something so incredibly well. I just want you to see it. Did Michael get the family discount at Taco Bell? Because if he does, Sean's going to lose a few stores. <laughs> He's a good kid. Well, I say you make it official and just adopt him. <laughs> uh, he's going to be 18 in a few months. Doesn't really make much sense to legally adopt. Leanne, is this some sort of white guilt thing? What will your daddy say? Um, Before or after he turns over in his grave. Daddy's been gone five years, Elaine. Make matters worse, you were at the funeral. Remember? You wore Chanel in that awful black hat look here's the deal i don't need y'all to approve my choices all right but i do ask that you respect them you have no idea what this boy's been through and if this is going to become some running diatribe i can find an overpriced salad a lot closer to home leanne i'm so sorry we didn't intend to we didn't really i think what you're doing is so great to open up your home to him and Honey, you're changing that boy's life. No. He's changing mine. No, he's changing mine. You see, that's why hospitality is so important. It really changes us. It really does. It makes us more compliant. It makes us more aware of kindness. It makes us more compassionate. It makes us more giving. It does something to us when we or hospitable. It invests in someone else. It, it, it makes a difference. Whether it's a cup of coffee or a, or a Chick-fil-A sandwich or a salad. This is why it's important in the 21st century. Because we all need to change to be more like Christ. And Peter seemed to think this would work very well under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The four things, four things that need to happen. I'll talk about the next one next week. But I've got two questions on the bottom of your notes. In what ways can you offer hospitality? To whom will you offer hospitality? I want you to bring a paper and pencil tonight. We're going to talk about those in a very practical fashion. You're going to help me because that's what we're going to do. Because this, I think God wants to take us to the next level. I believe he's trying to get us in position where we can do that and go with him. And it's time we live how we're supposed to live if this could be the year. Relationships are very important. They're priority. They are the most important thing in your life. Beginning, first of all, with your relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's the most important relationship of all. You can have everything else and not have that. And you'll be the biggest loser in the world. And eternity. To have a relationship with Christ where you, where you experience His grace and His forgiveness and His love and the internal dynamic of Him being in you, bringing you life, is indescribable. And if you don't have it, if you've never come to that point of receiving Christ into your life and, and letting Him be your Savior and Lord, then I would encourage you to do that today, to enter that relationship with Him, to become a follower of Christ. Don't put it off another Sunday, another time. Don't be content just to be a church member. Be a part of the family of God. He's ready to receive you today. Let him do that. Enter into the greatest of all relationships.
And then you can understand what I've been talking about today in the last few weeks as you build relationships with others for the glory of God.